0: My son, play in the yard. Said, go and, play. You go and,
1: and welcome to it. Thanks for being with us here on Inside the Yard. A couple of Orioles broadcasters chatting about the Baltimore Orioles. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And Jeff. Uh, Bruce Zerman on the program today, also for Insider Segment, Melanie Newman. And let's start with Bruce. I think it's really been an interesting trajectory this year. He had a great spring, comes out, and starts the season fantastic. Hits a little bit of a lull. And I really like looking at guys who struggle and then kind of find it at a young age and figure it out, make those adjustments. And you know, five of his last six outings have been really good one of those
2: adjustments he's made is the way he's gotten back to using his slider. And I think it, as he talks about in the podcast, resembles what he used to do as a pitcher and how he's been using that pitch backdoor to right-handed batters quite a bit. And, you know, on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rays, he used the slider more than he used his fastball. And so he's got a lot of confidence in that pitch right now. I like how he locates it to both sides of the plate. And, you know, this is a guy that he's really smart and he figures out what works and that slider is even though, it, you know, I think we've gotten used to Bruce Zimmerman's changeup as being uh, a pitch that you, know, you, you really you know, like to watch and how he uses it. Um, that slider has been really big these last couple of times out and I think has contributed a large part to the amount of success he's had recently.
1: Yeah. And I just think you like the competitiveness. We've seen that from him. He has a lot of fire out there these days on the mound And in his last outing, maybe not his best stuff, but figure it out. Uh, He's got the pitch mix. And, you know, just also jumping on Dean Kramer, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. uh, His last start coming back from the Norfolk rotation. uh, I thought in many ways he showed a lot of guts, moxie, and he's utilizing more pitches and there's some more polish to it.
2: I thought it was also great how after what happened in the first inning, Brandon High gets thrown out of the game. He throws 27 pitches. Defense doesn't play very well behind him that he moved on i mean i think he had like a 10 pitch inning after that a nine pitch inning from there he was attacking the strike zone they were working with him on getting his change up over for strikes and i thought he did a better job of that and was utilizing that pitch more which was really good and he was very efficient against the cleveland indians i, I think he deserved better than he got in that outing pitching into the sixth giving the orioles a chance to win you know he gets tagged with an additional run in that sixth inning after a couple of misplaced by the defense but It was an outing where the defense didn't play very well behind him, and I thought he threw really well.
1: Yeah, I agree. So that's a good sign for the Orioles and for Dean Kramer. But right now, let's get to it. Let's get to Bruce Zimmerman here on Inside the Yard.
2: Orioles ticket deals in one place, including single game tickets, ticket packs, special offers, and more. We got you covered at the Orioles ticket marketplace. This is your place to store exclusive deals, so check back often for the latest opportunities. Don't wait to purchase last minute at the box office. Ticket prices are the same at orioles.com slash tickets to purchase.
1: All right, joining us right now on Inside the Yard is Orioles rookie left-hander Bruce Zimmerman. And Bruce, thank you so much for coming on. And I guess I want to start with the role you've been on really in what five of your last six outings. Most of those starts, it looked like you had a little bit of a rough patch kind of in May after a great start to the season. What's been the biggest adjustment for you?
0: Um, Thanks for having me on. First of all, guys, I appreciate it. Um, Probably mostly just settling in. Um, It's just, it definitely was an adjustment uh, stress level wise and lineup wise and everything coming to the big leagues and, Um, You know, flipping lineups in the big leagues is much different than flipping lineups in the minor leagues. So it was kind of just a learning process, you know, going through May, um, getting adjusted to the stress levels of those innings, um, getting that little bit of breather. And I went back down to AAA for a little bit and then came back up and kind of just refocused on what made me successful as a pitcher and have really been able to capitalize on that as well as just settling into the game, I think, probably the biggest one.
2: Started using your slider more over the last couple of outings. Can you take us through how you've worked to develop that pitch and get it into a spot where it has uh, become one of your biggest weapons?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it seems like that's been a, a big talk, but honestly, that was my weapon coming out of coming out of college when I got drafted. Um, so re-int- not reintroducing it, but upping the usage the past, you know, six or so outings um kind of was getting back to what made me successful that got me to this point in the first place um I started throwing that thing in college when it was more of a slur and I was a three-pitch guy um and then going into pro ball as I picked up some velocity and, and I tinkered with it um I got it to more of a, a gyro slider which is a little bit smaller of a break later of a break and it's harder and then I have a true uh fourth pitch with an actual curveball now um, so kind of flip-flopping the usage from the beginning of the season when I used more curveballs to more sliders is probably more um, accurate depiction of the pitcher that I, I truly am and how I use my pitches, um, and I think that's shown with the success because I am very, very comfortable with it, and I've been working on that with homie, um in the bullpen, especially um, throwing it back door to righties has been a major key in some of the success of the games that I've had lately.
1: This Orioles rotation right now is just stacked with youth. I mean, three starters right now who are rookies with minimal major league experience. When you talk about going through it, is it easier to go through it with a couple of other rookies like Keegan and Dean? Or, I mean, what's that relationship like between you guys? And I think we all know there's probably some more youth coming along the way here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, it's been great. Um we kind of just bounce things off each other, you know, what we're feeling, what we're going through, how the game progresses for each of us. And you can kind of tell um, where guys are at, especially between the three of us rookies, um, you know, what situations we do really well in, what situations you can see us having some hiccups in, things like that. So I think it's been really nice to have, you know, at the start of the year, it was me and Dean. Um, and then it was, it's been me and Aiken for the last little bit and now to have Dean back up here with us. Um, It's great. Uh, One, because I I, when I came over to the Orioles, I was with those two guys from the get go. Um, So we have a really good relationship. I mean, we're competitive, but at the same time, we always want to see each other succeed. Um, So having those guys has been really good. And then, you know, having Harvey on the staff and Lopey and and means obviously for, you know, me and Aiken um, as lefties with, you know, somewhat similar stuff um, those guys have been instrumental in kind of walking us along, you know, the tightrope that is starting in the big leagues and the bear of the AL East. So, um, it's been great to have those guys. Obviously we're looking forward to means getting healthy and getting back as soon as possible because, you know, he's kind of the, the anchor of this rotation clearly. So, um, but no, it's, it's been really good having Dean and and Aiken there and, um, you know, we're trying to find success together and then figure out how to, to navigate these lineups. So, but as overall, it's been it's been really good to have those guys up here with us.
2: Because of how you pitch, and because of the pitch mix that you have, there have been a bunch of comps between you and John Means. When maybe somebody makes a comparison be- between you two,
0: do you like that? Yeah, I can't really take it as not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's I do see a lot of similarities between us, um, and definitely, I mean, is he's had a, you know, breakout season and in, in the end, uh, in 19, and he's really solidified himself as, as an ace on the staff. Um, and to see him do that with, you know, minimal experience before that, you know, he was kind of technically a, a late guy coming to the big leagues at 26 or so, so very similar to myself. And then he kind of, you know, threw any talk to the wayside and just went out there and did it. And, um, you know, I find that, I, I, re, I really appreciate when I, when I hear that, because, you know, it makes me think that I'm doing some things right and that I, I got a chance to, to really, to make it at this level, which I think is true. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate it. And I keep learning from the guy as much as possible. So honestly, I can't wait for him to get healthy and get back up here because I constantly bounce ideas and, and things like that off of him. And we go through post games and uh, you know, how I handle different situations and different batters and whatnot. So he's, he's been uh, instrumental in, you know, the first part of this season and my development definitely as a starter.
1: Bruce, obviously, and rightfully so, a lot has been made about you being from uh, the Baltimore area and and getting to the show and pitching for your hometown team. Now, uh, you can look back through the records, Baltimore area, Maryland, a great state uh, for baseball and getting to the show, they're Hall of Famers, but it's obviously rare to have a, you know, once every fifth day starter playing for his hometown team in his hometown ballpark. You get asked this a lot, but what has it been like, especially with fans and, and being at Camden Yards, you ever look back at the warehouse and say from the mountain, I used to see that from a different angle, like from the green seats in the stands. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. um, As far as looking up and just taking it all in, I still try to do it every few games or so when we're at home. Not that it's wore off, but it's like I've kind of just settled into the day to day. Um, But I try to remind myself of that as much as possible. Not only that I'm, you know, a hometown kid playing, playing for my team, but just that, you know, never to take a day in the, in the show for granted, basically. Um, but no, it hit me a couple times. Like the, the Yankees outing was really, it was a big one. It was a weekend series. And that was like it's the Yankees. I mean, I, I grew up not wanting those guys to win as much as possible. <laughs> I was <still> an Orioles <laughs> fan um and then you know a couple other instances like the the big twins game when we we finally ended the streak and you know had a couple big punch outs and you know the crowd kind of got behind me there and gave me a little bit of a standing go and stuff like that that kind of gave me chills a little bit so um I mean it's it's kind of like that now it's every few games or every start or something there's there's some moment within that game where it's like it kind of hits me again it's like oh like I'm doing it and it's, it's for the team that I grew up watching. Like this is probably one of the craziest things I could think of happening. So um, yeah, I I try to, I try to keep an open mind about that and not not take a day for granted up up here and and really soak it all in. But as far as playing for the Orioles, it's, it's been, it's been pretty unbelievable. And there's still moments that, that hit me on a, on a day-to-day basis that, you know, I got to pinch myself a little bit, but also I got to remind myself that I want to stay here and, you know, work my butt off to to stay up here. (laughs)
2: Bruce, can you take us back to what Bruce Zimmerman was like as a pitcher when he was pitching at Loyola Blakefield? Oh man,
0: uh, probably two inches shorter and thirty pounds less, a little, full chubby, and uh, you know, didn't throw hard at all. I was, I was a low, low to mid '80s guy out of high school. You know, a control lefty, had a good changeup and a big, dumpy curve, and you know, I got, I got guys out in a great time, and I'm. My best friends with like four of my guys that I was I played with on that team, but you know, high school me didn't really. I didn't think it was possible. My dreams weren't really set on the show at that point. It was more so, you know, go to college, get a degree, and continue. I still love the game, and I wanted to play, but I mean, it was I. I really didn't have my sights set past college baseball at that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was just a kid that loved to play the game, and you know, threw a lot of strikes. So come a lot come a long way since, since that point, a lot of help.
1: Well, I guess I, you know, as a JV player in the MIA, I uh, took too many 0 for fours against teams like Loyola. And I thought my only pathway to not paying for a ticket at Camden Yards was becoming a broadcaster. So I also <laughs> made a wise choice to, to find another Avenue, but you obviously are, are seeing it through. And even though I did know at a young age, what I wanted to do and being a broadcaster, you're living out the dream of, of so many of us who, you know, every time I was in little league on the mound, I, wanted to be Mike Mussina and and that's how I envisioned it you know from the youngest you know eight nine ten years old whatever it was so uh, I think from from all of us who grew up here it's just so cool to see someone living out that dream
0: no I mean yeah I, I get I completely agree I get constantly reminded um from my friends that I grew up with and then played with you know I get a message here and there like you know even after you know not so great start I still get them. They're like, Hey, chin up. Like you're still doing it. Basically like, you know, come back around or after a good one, you know, just like an outpouring of support basically. So not only that from the random, you know, random people, but you know, my close friends always remind me of that, that, you know, it doesn't really matter, but how you do it's just, you know, keep your head down and keep grinding. Cause you know, you've made it up there, you know, stay as long as possible. But, it's just the it's it's pretty amazing feeling, especially getting reached out to from all of like little league coaches, travel coaches, high school coaches. They, you know, I still have a pretty good relationship with a decent amount of them. So especially my high school and college guys. So it's been pretty uh, pretty special for them to reach out. I think my last uh, home start, my uh, he was at the time he was the assistant coach on varsity at Loyola Blakefield. He's the uh, head coach now. Um, he got together and. I think a bunch of my buddies from my class and then a few classes uh, below me, they got a skybox at the, at the Orioles stadium for my start. And they, they all came out and there was about 15 or 20, you know, alumni, the guys that I played with that came to watch the game. So uh, it's, it's been, it's been pretty special to say the least.
2: Do you speak of coaches? I heard that your dad started out as your pitching coach. Can you take us through what, what it was like when you're, dad was teaching you how to pitch and what he was like
0: as a pitching coach? He still tries to be my pitching coach every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't fault him for it, but yeah, he pretty much uh, taught me everything I knew from the time I picked up a baseball as a kid till probably uh, about midway through my high school career. uh, The end of my high school career, probably. Um, And he, yeah, taught me everything. I, I was pretty much pitching from kid pitch on, So he was – thankfully, you know, gave me a great foundation of mechanics that, you know, I honestly haven't changed all that much, just gotten bigger and stronger. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, we constantly – I kind of remember doing this and telling other reporters this, but, I mean, we would sit on the couch in the summertime watching Orioles games and, you know, watching Messina pitch and and the other Tillman pitch and those other guys. And, you know, he would ask me and say, hey, what pitch is he going to throw here? You know, and we would just go throughout an entire outing, basically of just, you know, pitch calling. And some, some games I'd be like, I'd be like Dad, I just want to watch the game. Like, I don't want to do this right now. And then most of the time I'd do it with him. But, yeah, little games like that that he would play with me. I mean, he was a travel coach for me, you know, on and off all the way through high school. Um, and, you know, he would constantly do like post games and stuff like that. So he was a, a pretty integral part if not one of the most integral parts of, you know, my young and early baseball career setting me up for um, the success and going to college. And then after that, I kind of, I brought in some little more experienced people that are a little more up to date, but even to this day, we, he's still kind of, he'll, he'll let me know after an outing if he saw something or or things like that. So um, yeah, I love him and he was definitely one of the biggest parts of, of my growth as a, as a young baseball player, for sure. Getting me to just, not only the teaching me the game, but teaching me the love of the game and, and everything like that, him and my brother both.
1: All right, Bruce, let's get into our fun five baseball questions. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Favorite baseball movie?
0: Hmm. Bull Durham, by far. It's a classic.
1: What was your high school senior year ERA?
0: Ooh. To be honest with you, I don't know. I would like to say it was something around like a two- but it might have been a little bit higher. I'm not really sure, <laughs> to be honest. Like I said, I wasn't a wasn't a big uh, punchout guy or anything like that. Just a strike guy.
1: Were you first team all Metro senior year? Yes, I believe I was. Who else was among the best pitchers in the conference your senior year? Anyone else who got to pro ball?
0: Um, they, there was a guy a gla- class behind me, Zach Ridgely from Curly. Um, my our shortstop at Loyola Connor Reynolds was also like our number two, basically or number three. I can't remember. He was a pretty strong pitcher. He went to Hopkins, um, and I'm trying to think who else was. Uh, so Sel- Ryan Selmer from uh, Riverdale Baptist. He was a pretty big one. He, I just remember the guys from the the Brooks Robinson game that I got to play. Sure. In. I'm trying to remember who else who else threw in that game, but yeah. Not, not too many of them. There's a lot of uh, good arms that were like a year or two ahead of me in the MIAA, for
1: sure. Most influential baseball person in your life? Oof. Uh,
0: that's a tough one. I've, I've had I've had several since college that were really kind of big in my develop early development. My dad, no doubt, um, kind of introduced me to the game and, and taught me everything he could. Um, later, there was probably uh, – uh, Donk, he was my pitching coach in college at Mount Olive University. Um, and then I had a really good pitching coach in Loway that kind of had my first breakout season with the Braves, Dan Meyer, um, with the Rome Braves. And he was, he was the first guy to really introduce me to the pro side of the pitching level and kind of get me thinking in a different way. So um, those three guys were probably three of the biggest ones that I could think of. And my dad's best friend, Steve Rice, who also kind of took over the pitching job from my dad. Until I came back from college, so he was he was pretty integral as well.
1: Your favorite minor league city to play or visit?
0: Oh, that is a really good one, actually. <laughs> so I played mostly in the South in the Yappi State League, uh, Danville, and then the Southern, the Southern League as well and Double A with uh, the Bra- with the Braves. Um, it's got to be either. This is a weird one, but like from Lowey, there's the Greenville Drive in South Carolina. I absolutely loved Greenville. It was such a cool city. The place that is a cool awesome.
1: town. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then probably the my favorite one, as because I was a little bit older, was probably Charlotte. I, I love that city. It's a great time. It's an awesome downtown. Uh, plenty of places to go and eat. And that stadium is obviously top three in the in the minor leagues, if not one of the best ones. Better than some of the major league parks we played in.
1: Name one talent or hobby you have outside of baseball.
0: Hmm. Let's see. I wouldn't consider my golfing a talent, um, but I do love to uh, to get around to 18 and with, with some friends at home. But yeah, golfing, I, I read quite a bit and I, I like to get into the outdoors, uh, a hunt a tiny bit, I'm trying to get more into that this off season. Um, but yeah, pretty much anything outside or, you know, golfing has been a a big one in the last few years for sure
1: very good Bruce Zerman rookie left-hander for the Baltimore Orioles Bruce we appreciate it so much thank you no problem thanks for having me on guys
2: hey Birdland the bird is back and ready to make a special appearance at your next event. Add some Orioles magic to your birthday celebration, wedding, or corporate party by booking The Bird today. Proceeds benefit the Orioles Charitable Foundation. Book your bird appearance today at orioles.com bird.
1: All right, Jeff, it's time for our insider segment with the one and only Melanie Newman. Melanie, uh, how are you?
3: I'm good, guys. How are you?
1: We're doing well. Uh, we just had on Bruce Zerman, such a interesting guy to talk with. He's so thoughtful. Uh, really just uh, someone who's very cerebral. You can tell he puts a lot of thought in everything he says and what he does on the mound, I think it shows. But you look at the three rookies right now in this rotation, and we know more young pitchers are coming over the next few years. But Aiken, Zimmerman, and Kramer, his last start, uh, perhaps one of his best of the year for Dean. Your thoughts on that group collectively right now?
3: I think it's been really impressive, particularly within the, the last recent couple of starts from them as a trio. Uh, just to see what they've been able to put together. Obviously, a a rockier start at the beginning of the year. And I think Aiken was very mature and saying, look, I knew I wasn't going to break camp this year with the team. You didn't hear that surprise that you'll hear from some rookies of just thinking, oh, I've I've got this. It's fine. Um, But the the maturity and the emotional makeup of these three, I think, is what stands out the most and just their ability to handle the game. And honestly, when you're looking at rookie storylines alone, because I think the Orioles have probably five or six that really stand out this year, Bruce Zimmerman should be the story of the season for the Orioles and that goes all the way back to spring training and just how smooth most of his spring was I mean there was a reason why he made the roster for opening day but uh you just mentioned it he's he's so cerebral the way that he speaks the way that he goes about his business um that's what you want to see and that's what you usually see from some veteran guys and instead he's out here doing it now and I'll say this too Brett you kind of had a good feeling about him and credit to the Orioles they do those drawing contests in between innings on the jumbotron he has the best most detailed maryland blue yeah. crab you well, might said. ever see yeah. <laughs> So he's just it's been really fun to watch all of them and and i think really encouraging kramer's first start back with the big league club too after a couple stints down in norfolk he he looked like a more aggressive and he looked like he wasn't thinking as much when he was on the mound he was just able to get through it despite a really really weird first inning
2: It was a strange inning in Cleveland, and Tyler Wells pitched against the Indians as we taped this on a Tuesday. He pitched on Monday, and then he had a really good outing against the Tampa Bay Rays last Friday. When you look at rookie pitchers in June, I think the one you're most excited about is Tyler Wells as he started to be working into some games that are a little bit closer. How excited are you for Tyler Wells and the way that he's pitched over these last couple of weeks?
3: Well, I think now now I have to like rework what I just said about Zimmerman, because Wells, I don't know, I just I put him in an entirely different rookie class because he was a rule five pick. I I think people knew that Bruce Zimmerman was going to mature into this, but Wells is is honestly a surprise in the best of ways. Not only the fact that the Orioles held on to him, but just what he's been able to do so far. I mean, he goes up there. He looks and acts like a bulldog, and he has to be because he's facing some guys who have had so much more time in the big leagues than he has. And, I mean, really time in professional baseball as a whole. But for him, he's, he's stuck to his core. He hasn't gotten away from what he knows is the most effective for him. He's really been good at trusting whatever catcher that they pair him with in that situation too and knowing that they've already done their homework. They know what Wells is going to bring to the table. You don't see him shake off a whole lot, but he also just really – settles everything down and and usually where it gets set up that's where the pitch lands and and that's going to continue with him um you've started to see the chatter of maybe wells can come in and be a starter but i don't know honestly right now i think brandon hyde even said it the other day he's really happy with where wells is in this moment and he's really finding a lot of success and when you can count on a guy for two clean innings of work if not three um, you don't you don't want to get away from that, especially while we're seeing such a long stretch without any off days. But again, trying to close that 900 inning gap from last year.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how they want to move Tyler both for this year and and long term heading to spring training next year. Uh, Tanner Scott has been really good his last five or so outings, and he went through a pretty rough patch uh, there. What May beginning of June, and we've we've seen this from Tanner where it's kind of up and down. But could this be the time where? He's really turned the corner, Melanie.
3: Yeah, and we saw him turn the corner, I think, hugely in 2020, just making strides and what he was able to do and kind of redefining the way everybody thought about him. But you could see it, and and I think, too, a little bit of it is the pressure that he feels. He's one of the more veteran Orioles pitchers in the bullpen right now um, because so many guys are, are so new to this team, and they start getting in their own heads of you know knowing that certain starters weren't able to really close the gap, couldn't pick up, even five innings to get them through it and so it starts sitting in his head of this is on me i have to get through this i have to be able to step up and do this and we've all seen it when pitchers think too much that's when things start to get a little squirrely and the velocity was there um the the command had just kind of fallen apart for him and there would be a day where the fastball worked and the day where the slider worked but the fastball didn't and vice versa and Um, You know, he was even asked about that the other day, about why it is that one pitch would be on when the other would be off. And when you're a two-pitch pitcher, you kind of need both. Um, And he said, you know, it's obviously nothing that he was controlling at the time. It's not like he went out there overemphasizing one than the other. Uh, But I I think they finally got back into him. And you can see a difference too. And and it's nothing against his coaching staff, but Chris Holt just really goes above and beyond to connect with his pitchers. Um, And you can see a little bit of that difference just in Tanner being able to go out there and just trust his athleticism, trust those reflexes that he's built over years that he knows how to do this. Just don't think throw the ball where it gets set up and he's generating some huge swing and misses.
1: All right, Melanie. Well, we appreciate so much. Thank you for coming on our inside the yard podcast as our insider. We'll talk soon.
3: All righty guys. Sounds good.
1: The MLB Ballpark app is your mobile companion when visiting Oriole Park at Camden Yards. You can access and manage your digital tickets anytime, anywhere. Plus, don't forget to allow notifications to get messages sent to your device about your game tickets, important stadium information, promotions, and more. Learn more about digital ticketing at Orioles.com slash digital tickets. And Jeff, this is the first week where they announced the voting for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game to be held in Denver in a few weeks and Trey Mancini and Cedric Mullins are two incredibly deserving candidates to be on the all-star team. And our message to Orioles fans and to baseball fans anywhere is to vote those two in. They're incredibly deserving of that opportunity.
2: Trey's a great story, especially after all the things that he went through last year, but let's not leave out the incredible month of May that he had now he was driving and runs. I mean, he's been a different player ever since that series against Texas where he's been producing runs and he's played well and he's stepped up as a leader on the team as something that Brandon Hyde mentioned in one of the zooms over the weekend and how he's become more vocal and, and just taking on a, a bigger role in that respect. And when Trey talks, everybody listens. So uh, he's been a big lift to this team in more ways than one. And then for Cedric Mullins, you know, let's not forget that, you know, two years ago, this was a guy that was sent down to double a, and it was a really tough time for him. You know, one where, I think probably he, he everything was like, wow, I, I've never struggled like this before. And now you go two years later, it's a guy that could be a potential all-star. And it's been a story that has been told across major league baseball uh, for a lot of years. And you know, Brandon Hyde has mentioned Anthony Rizzo. This happened to him. He gets sent down. And then not too long later, he eventually comes back and is an all-star and he's an all-star in so many different ways. And, and I just go back to what he did in the game on Monday against the Indians where Orioles can't seem to get anything going offensively. You're facing James Karinchak, who's one of the best relievers in baseball. He's been on a little bit of a rough stretch, but he's still been one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. And Mullins gets on base via walk. He steals second. He steals third to give the Orioles the tying run at third base. It's the kind of plays that you see from somebody that's an all-star, a guy that does the little things. He's played goal-glove caliber defense. He's made some of the best catches in the major leagues this year. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball this season he's been incredible against left-handed pitching in a year where he transitioned to only to going left on left for the first time since his junior year of high school I mean there is nothing that this guy hasn't done this year and to me I I I couldn't imagine him not being an all-star the way that he has played because um, he has been the most consistent player the Orioles have had since the start of the season
1: if he's not an all-star I throw I don't know who is (laughs) He's one of the best players in baseball right now. He's certainly one of the most exciting players. And if you're an Orioles fan, you got to be pretty excited about what Cedric Mullins brings to the table every single game. That does it for this edition of Inside the Yard. Thank you so much for being with us. For Jeff Arnold, Albert Hollander, and early Happy Father's Day to everyone out there listening. And thanks for being with us here on Inside the Yard.